You know, it's sad because we've all done this. If you've driven more than a, more than a week, a squirrel has made a bad decision in front of your car. Am I right? And, it, and you, the first time it happens, you cry. It's a squirrel, it's a cat, it's a, a possum here in Florida, armadillo. Could be most any animal here in Florida, right? Cord, Pastor Cord, that just did communion, I'll just tell you, he has an affinity of, for deers. For deer. He, yeah, his car has a way of finding deer. It's really incredible. But the other day, I got hit by a cow. Fortunately, I was only grazed. Well, you think because the calendar changed, things were going to get better. I was only grazed. Write that down. That's good. All right. Okay, so here's what the text says. God and I are wrestling with this this week. And I'm like, God, what, what, what am I supposed to say? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you know up until 200 years ago, the, nobody questioned that. Everybody knew that. You might have worshipped the sun, the moon. You might have worshipped rocks. Uh, you, you might you, you might have had some God that's way outside of what the Bible describes, but nobody would have questioned it. Only in modern times, only in the last 200 years when we've gotten so smart, has God been put on the shelf. And what's crazy now, you know, the Big Bang thing, that came up in the 70s uh, because they, they had to have some kind of an explanation. Now you will find that science is running away from that phrase. Because the new telescope they put up in space totally debunks the Big Bang. The problem is this universe is expanding in every direction at millions of miles an hour. And they can't figure out why. Because there's a big problem. How does space create itself? Now we can get into this, we'll get into talking about matter and time and we can talk about all that. But how does space continue to create itself? Isn't that interesting? All right. Because you and I know it's all sitting on God's coffee table, but there's other people that haven't figured that out. And one of the stories they say, if evolution is true, it would be like a hurricane going through a junkyard and creating a brand new car. Well, it's actually much more complex than that. Because if you go through a junkyard, you've already got parts. Evolution has to have nothing go through nothing and create a car. That's really complex. So at the core of what we're talking about, either there is a God who exists outside of time, or there is, I don't know, nothing? Rocks? I mean, you can say, well, the rocks blew up. Okay, but I'm going to push you back and say, where did the rocks come from? So the new line is this. The new line that physicists are saying is the Big Bang was not the beginning the Big Bang was the end of the old universe. Here's why they say that. Because if you don't have an answer, you just keep pushing for more time. If we have 7 billion more years, then surely anything is possible, right? You just need to roll the dice more often and eventually it will happen. But the Bible's really clear. In the beginning, God. Now here's the deal. This is why this is so important. Because everything in your life hinges on your worldview. If you believe there is an all-holy God that created everything, who came into our lives in the form of Jesus, died on a cross, was raised from the dead, that changes how I look at marriage, 
family, money, how I look at the laws, how I treat people. By the same token, if you believe there is no God and you believe the Bible to be baloney, then you're going to live just the opposite. Marriage will mean nothing to you. Your your spouse will mean nothing to you. You can't have morality. People argue this with me all the time. You cannot have morality. Well, of course we have morality. How dare you say we have laws? We do. We do. The United States has laws stacked up this high because we refuse to keep Ten Commandments. That's just the truth of the matter. That's where, that's where we find ourselves today. That we as Christians know that there is a God. Now the Bible goes, God gives himself a lot of titles, alright? Not names, but titles. We have, God calls himself Jehovah, our provider. He's El Shaddai, the all-powerful. He is Lord. It'll be sometimes in your Bible just capital L-O-R-D. And that means the one who is supreme and he is the master of all things. We've talked about that in Exodus when God told Moses his name, he said, I am, which is actually the, the tetragrammaton, the Y-H-W-H, which is Yahweh. There's no vowels in Hebrew. And so actually when you say hallelujah, you're giving praise to Yah. All right. But in Genesis 1, the word that he uses for himself is Elohim. The word is L-E-L and the plural is Elohim. In the beginning, we created the heavens and the earth. Multiple gods? No. He goes on to explain Right on through chapter 1 that there was God, we have God the Father, God the Son, and the Spirit. The Spirit was hovering over the waters. So we have a picture from the very beginning of a triune God, Elohim. That I, I, am, I am God and I exist in three forms and you will meet me in those three forms. That is God. Now, this is why this is so important. Because my worldview is shaped by the fact that there is a God and who that God is. That is going to impact every part of my life. Here's a picture of this guy. What is his name? I've got it here. Les Knight. Okay. Les is, <clears throat> Les is a extinction, I forget his title. Basically, he wants to bring the world population down probably by about seven tenths. Now, here's this is he's not the first one. Ted Turner used to pull this stuff back in the 70s and 80s. Remember Ted Turner? All right. And I got the same answer for less as I had for Ted. You go first. <laughs> because the people that espouse this stuff, it's they're always elite. I mean, what could, I mean, the world, how could the world exist without less? But the rest of us, totally unimportant. See, but when you have a God and you know that each one of us was created in the very image of God, each one of us has a specific purpose, a specific plan, each one of us has a reason we're here, that makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? When the, the graph that Cord showed last week, I, I should have brought it back, but he showed the graph of humanity's growth and how up until the 1900s we never got to a billion people on the earth and now we're at 8 billion? If evolution happened, can you explain to me why it took? Even if I give you the evolution numbers, all right, 200,000 years ago man first showed up. What took us so long to get to 8 billion? 
Because the Bible says 4,400 years ago there was a flood that wiped out everything. God started everything over with eight people. And if you run the numbers, those eight people will get you 8 billion people in 4,400 years. But you should have been an 8 billion people thousands and thousands of years ago if evolution is true. Does that make sense? Why, why all of a sudden, why in the last hundred years have we gone from a billion to eight billion? Well, because the first billion is the hardest. It takes time for people to build up. So that's, that's just out there. Anne Hathaway. I don't know who she is. You guys, movie star or something? I don't know who she is. All right. She said recently that another word for abortion is mercy. Yeah, so now killing, not only is it just something that, you know, could be necessary, it's actually a wonderful thing. See, that's what happens when your worldview doesn't include God. Once God is removed from your worldview, you say things like that. In Wisconsin, one of the most liberal universities in America is in Madison. Uh, they're all crazy, but Madison kind of leads the way. And uh, they, there were people there sharing the gospel. Here's a picture of it. And uh, this lady stepped up. And uh, started ripping pages out of the guy's Bible and eating it. Now, I laughed because I asked the question always, why are you so afraid of my God? Why are you so afraid of the Bible? Well, the answer is, if there is a God and the Bible's true, that I'm responsible to him. I am morally accountable to that God, and that's the whole point of the gospel. And because I'm guilty of sin and you're guilty of sin, Jesus died on the cross and raised again so that we could be forgiven. But what's funny about this, which I guarantee you she's never read Ezekiel, but in Ezekiel chapter 2 and 3, God tells Ezekiel to eat the word of God. Literally. He says, take the scroll and eat it because I want it to be in your soul. And it says Ezekiel ate the scroll and Ezekiel said it was like honey in my mouth. But God wanted that, that picture of the word being deeply impressed upon him. So in the beginning, God, and what did God do? How did we show up? He created. He created. The word in Hebrew is bara, B-A-R-A. And it's a very important word because there's other words that could have been used there in Hebrew. But that particular word means created out of nothing. Now why is that significant? In the laws of physics, we know that everything exists came from something. Let me help you. If you have a baby... I know instantly that a man and a woman got together at some point and created said baby. Yes? That baby did not just pop up on the street. That didn't just happen. All right? Because there has to be a prime mover. But for evolutionists, their opening comment says there was not a prime mover. So they violate physics right out of the gate. The Bible says, no, there was a prime mover. Well, how do you explain this eternal God? I don't. He's so big and so mighty and so majestic and so above us. After all, I'm his creation. You're his creation. I can't explain everything about God to you, only what he has revealed to us. But as God told Moses, and Moses wrote this down, we find out that God, in the beginning of time, for us, 
created everything that is. And what did he create it out of? Nothing. There's an old, old thing about, and scientists, I read these stories almost monthly. When the scientists say, we're this close to creating life in the lab. And once we do, we'll have proved that you don't need intelligent life to create life. Is the irony caught on you? But there's an old story about a scientist got into an argument with God and said, you know, I can do this. And God said, okay, I created Adam from dirt. Let's see what you got. So the scientist bent down, started to get some dirt together. And God said, oh, no, get your own dirt. <laughs> see, if it had to come from somewhere. Now, you can argue with me about where, who, when. But there has to be an outside force that originally created everything. Let me tell you about flagellum. Anybody know anything about flagellum? This is good. All right, I didn't either. There's what a flagellum looks like. A flagellum is a tiny little piece that's on a piece of bacteria. <clears throat> all the bacteria that's in your mouth, you like that? All the bacteria that's in the water. Each one of those tiny little microscopic bacteria have a flagellum. You feel free to look this up. Let me read this to you. A flagellum is a little motor-driven propeller that sits on the backs of certain bacteria and drives them through their watery environment. It spins at 100,000 RPM and can change direction in a quarter turn. The intricate machinery in the molecular motor includes a rotor, a straighter, O-rings, bushings, a drive shaft, and requires the coordination and interaction of approximately 40 complex protein parts. That's to run a bacteria. That's not your eye. That's not your hand. That's not your brain. That's just a motor that's running bacteria. And we're supposed to believe that happened by chance. Colossians 1.16. We got that? For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. A lot of stuff we can't see yet. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. Pretty clear. Ben Shapiro uh, made a statement. I'm going to talk some more about this next week. But uh, he wrote an article that said the biggest problem in America right now is the lack of commitment to marriage. This is very fascinating. He said, most of the problems in America are the result of people not being married, not staying married. And I'm not here, I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just giving you what he said. He said, because once the nuclear family is destroyed, it's so much easier for people to get into all this other world and become a part of something that they were never meant to be a part of. Because again, if I'm created, the Bible's very clear, and we'll see that in Genesis 2, that we were created how? You ready for this? Male and female. Crazy, right? Crazy stuff. Now listen, you, you, know, I'm an, you know that archaeology is one of my loves. And, I, and I'm reading this great story this last week um, about this. They found a warrior, a Viking warrior. And it was, she was a 13-year-old girl. 
fascinating. They find boys and they find girls. Every archaeology dig that's ever happened, they never find any of the 400 other genders. <laughs> we find men, we find women. All right? I'm just helping you here. All right? All right? God created very specifically. Look at the animal kinds. Same, same deal, right? All right? Everybody with me? All right? In the beginning, God created out of nothing. And then what did he create? He created time, space, and matter. All right. It's called the time continuum. If you, we don't have a DeLorean here. I wish I could have put a DeLorean up on stage. Uh, we, we would have explained all of that. But the problem, the real problem that you come to with evolution is <clears throat> where did time come from? Okay, I'll give you time. That's free. That one's on me. Where'd space come from? Okay? Because matter does, you can't, where, where do you put the matter if you don't have any space? Where do you put the planets if you don't have a space to put it in? And how does space keep going? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Time, in the beginning. Heavens and earth, space, time. Or space and matter. It's all right there. In one sentence, God explains what scientists have spent their entire careers trying to figure out the time-space continuum. And then people want to twist the scripture. Peter writes these words. Peter says, for God, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. And people use that to say, see, maybe the earth is billions of years old. No, it actually means just the opposite. It means that... When you act outside of time, have you heard them say with this new telescope that if we can see far enough back, we'll actually be able to see the beginning of time? Yeah. Well, see, God operates outside of time since he created time. So for God, all time is present. There is no time-space continuum for God. So God sees the end from the beginning, which is... Pretty much what he tells us when he says, I am the beginning and I am the end. I am the alpha and I am the omega, the time-space continuum. Now, this is why this is so important. All right, here's a picture. I just had to pick somebody. Here's Yogi Berra. All right, Yogi Berra uh, is a Yankee. That breaks my heart, but that's okay. He grew up in St. Louis, so that makes me feel better. This picture of Yogi Berra when he's a little kid uh, back in the 30s, playing sandlot ball on a place called The Hill in St. Louis, where the Italian, all the Italian immigrants lived. And Yogi doesn't get enough credit. Everybody likes to talk about who's the greatest ball player ever. Uh, and then Yogi would hold up his hands, and he had 11 World Series rings. All right? Hard, hard to top what Yogi did with the Yankees. You want to know why life is so important, why we talk about pro-life so much? Who knows what that kid's going to grow up to be? Who knew what you were going to grow up to be? Who knows what that child inside of mama right now is going to grow up to be? But you see, if you operate in a worldview that says there is no God, then that child has no meaning, no purpose, means nothing to anybody. It just is cells. But you and I know that that baby has a soul and that God has an eternal plan 
for that child. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. God started with nothing, and he had a grand design for each one of us. Now look, I don't know. Here's what I hope. Here's, here's what we prayed about. That one of you would say, you know what? I get it. I need to stay married. Somebody else would say, I get it. I need to get married. Somebody else would say, I, I need to not have this abortion. Somebody else would say, I need to quit this behavior and I need to get right with God. Because there is a God and there's a God who died for me and I need to get my life in line with him. I'll finish with this. Here's a picture of the World Trade Centers back in 73. Uh, when they first built them, they were about to go bankrupt because they, they needed people to come visit. They needed businesses to rent the space. They, they needed, you know, come see this eighth wonder of the world, blah, blah, blah. But I, sat, I found the original uh, advertisement for this, Time Magazine or, or somewhere, they were advertising it. And this was the advertisement. It said, come see the World Trade Centers, the closest most of you will ever get to heaven. And I was like, that's really sad, but it's also really true. Because the gospel is out there for everybody, and so many people just refuse to grab a hold of the truth that Jesus has given. So if you're watching online, you can hit that button, I've decided, and you'll get a a contact reach right back to help you find Jesus. If you're here in the room, you come down front, the prayer counselors will be down front to answer questions. If you have no idea what I talked about and you want to talk to me, we'll be happy to do that too. Uh, but let's, let's finish with prayer. God, I thank you for the hope that you give us. That we can have confidence in a world that uh, doesn't always seem to get it anymore. But you haven't changed at all. In the beginning, Elohim created time, space, and matter. And you have a plan For each life, you have a plan for ours, and you desperately want us to be with you, and that's why you died for us. So, Lord, whatever you need to do in our hearts today, I ask that you would do that in Jesus' name. Amen.